everybody. Happy Tuesday, choose yourself. I hope you guys find yourselves in a good place and space this morning. Oh my gosh, you guys. The last two weeks have been severely hectic, so I apologize for the slight break. Um, but I hope you guys have been well, and I hope you've had some time to look at your LinkedIn, um, to look at your CV, to kind of think about what you're doing this year with regards to your career and how you want to progress in your career for 2021. So I know that a lot of you guys are buzzing and budding entrepreneurs with your own businesses doing incredible things. And I thought it would be really valuable to talk to an entrepreneur and to talk to him about his journey and his growth and his business um, and how he has essentially built a successful business. This individual I have known for many, many years. Uh, he was actually the head boy at my primary school, you guys. So shout out to Wendwood Primary and the educators there who have done a fantastic job with students like Malvin Lubega and um, myself, I hope. <laughs> but anyways, today I'm interviewing the founder and director of Go One, Malvin Lubega. I'm really excited to have him on the show, you guys. He's an entrepreneur doing incredible things with global presence, which is amazing. And so I hope you guys are enriched, inspired to really pursue your business, guys, and to really look at your business, think about how you want to grow it, think about how you want to expand it and learn the lesson that it's really about the small things that go a long way. And um, yeah, really just be inspired by this. So this episode, I recorded it a while back, but I'm sharing it with you guys now and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you so much, Malvin, for joining the conversation. Um, I know that you're an extremely busy individual, so thanks so much for chatting to me this morning. I think before we start this interview and this conversation, I'm really excited to talk to you. One, because you went to Wendell Primary and I know you from way back when, um, as head boy from, from those days. Um, but it's also so great to just talk to, you know, a young African who's doing amazing things all over the world. Um, and, you know, like I said to you via email, I really just wanted to talk to an entrepreneur who's really built a successful career um, in that way and kind of just talk to you a bit about how you got started, some of your opportunities, challenges, etc. But before we get into all those good bits, um, please just introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, no, I it, man. It's been great to to see how you've grown and blossomed. I think over the years as well, and it's taken a long road since primary school. Indeed. Um, just to mean to your to, to your question more directly. So I mean, yeah, Marvin Vega, I guess a young African entrepreneur. Um, and I guess for me, I just like solving big problems with technology. And I think the bigger the problem, the greater the impact. And so I'm fortunate to be able to to challenge and and uh, and work on a few challenges in in, in a period of time. Um, as you articulated, I uh, grew up in, in South Africa, Johannesburg, particularly Wendywood. Um, I guess just to probably give a level land in terms of our, our core business and what we do there, just to give context. Mm -hmm. So the company is called Go One, and what we essentially do there is our mission is simple, you know, to unlock a positive potential in yeah. people through a love for learning. And how we do that is by providing a platform which brings together. Um, a way someone can upskill themselves and reskill themselves as a professional learner mm -hmm. or in a company setting. Mm -hmm. And so what we essentially created is what one could liken to a Netflix for corporate training. Okay. Where we've essentially built out a content hub of 100,000 training items, courses, and so forth from some of the best providers globally and brought that into one 
interface one ecosystem one platform and we offer that to companies in over 20 countries and the key premise is because we're able to get scale and we have a very powerful search and discovery interface we're better able to help people find the right training at the right time um, and also do that at scale sure that's incredible that's absolutely incredible and i think it's it's quite appropriate as we talk about career focus you know one of the conversations we've been having is about how to build one's professional brand and uh, the career coach that we spoke to was talking about how you know upscaling and making sure that you have the necessary skills expertise education is really needed for a career and to develop the career that you want and to develop that competitive advantage um, you know amongst your peers so it's really awesome that you've created this platform and that it's so well received globally so well done for that um, but you know I remember Melvin as a young kid in Wendell Primary head boy um, who was on the stage every single Friday for some award um, and was just a child um, of absolute excellence and I really wanted to talk to you about that because the excellence that you carried both in terms of your academics as well as your sporting was really deliberate, I would say, you know, it was really intentional. And I just wanted to talk to you a bit about that, you know, what made Malvin excellent? Where did you get that tenacity and that spirit of excellence from? But I feel like you've been dealing with my mother, you know, just the excellence of a young primary school um, child. But I think, you know, something which I reflect on, you know, hindsight, everything can like make sense. But what else is my simple question, right? You know, um, improvement happens incrementally. And if you continue to strive to be better every day, um, you'll, when you look back over time, you'll find, you'll find exponential improvement. Mm -hmm. And definitely, it's funny enough, when I was younger, I really enjoyed giving back and adding value to the communities I find myself in. So whether that is my primary school or my community or my church group, whatever it is. And so I always try to immerse myself and get involved, involved in things. So that's why as a primary school, you get involved in many activities and sports and so mm -hmm. forth and you want to excel. But something which I've also realized is important is just like, you know, adding points to points around career. It's something which I reflected on because I used to support. So we'll probably get there eventually. But um, I, I went to national consulting for some period of time for an international firm. And I used to support them with international recruiting even when I was studying and doing my master's in the UK. And what was important there was less around what you studied, but rather whether you excelled in it. So what was your level of excellence, competition, execution? And I think for me, if one of the young is able to realize that, look, it's not about what I do, it's about how I do it. Right. And whatever you do, it's about can I do it at a level of excellence? Can I apply myself in the best way possible? Can I show up as my authentic self? And I think I was fortunate, like, again, to private school to to get that level of perspective just growing up in a family you know with african parents where you know they they work very hard and you know my mother has you know 35 other siblings and she's the one that actually did fairly well and was able to like either the village grew up and so forth and just the importance of hard work and diligence from a school perspective mm -hmm. was something which which i got exposed to at a young age but i think it carries across different facets even more so in career i think it's amazing that you you mentioned the queen of your life because i know for a lot of us, our moms um, and, and our fathers as well have played a huge role. Um, but just tell me a little bit about your mom. What was her influence like on you? You know, I think it's, you know, parenting is hard. And, you know, as much as I wasn't a recalcitrant or anything that made her like a naughty child, like, I mean, like, it's hard. And I mean, so my mother, so my father actually passed away when I was in Wendywood, so when I was eight, so my mother was a single parent mm -hmm. um, from a very young age, from a very young age for myself. 
Right. But it definitely, I mean, for her as a parent, I think she, she, she laid the foundations for principles and value perspective. Right. But then, like, trusted that you would do the right thing and discover the right thing. I mean, I joked, you know, my mother, for all my time in, in, in primary school in Wendywood, she never checked my homework. Can you actually sign my homework book? She's like, in the morning, she's like, Marvin, I trust you your homework, I'll sign the book. She never checked my homework once. Wow. I think that's the ability of trust. And yes, it's not that I was actually doing my homework on the way to school. But like, it was just that sense of like, trust and responsibility. I think just her ability to be like, look, I want to create the right values for my children and then I want to be able to give them the chance to actually, you know, make them their own, I think was so important. But in the same vein, I think definitely my mother, just the importance of education. I mean, something which I, I don't think we're going to. And I think something my mother did particularly well was just instilling the importance of hard work um, and being able to, to, to know that like, if you work hard, there actually is benefit to, to doing so. And I think at that level, um, I think it's something that which I definitely took away from, from her as a parent, but I also, she's a very much loving community person. I mean, when we grew up, my mother would celebrate everything, whether it was a small award, we had parties in our house the whole time. And so mm-hmm. all achievements were valid, and I think just celebrating life and individuals into such a important lesson that took away from her. That's incredible. I think when, what I hear from that is she really allowed you to, I think, take the ownership of your decisions and the person that you're becoming and the person that you wanted to be and, and kind of made you understand that that's on you and you need to own that process. And I find that like a lot of parents, and I even think about the kind of parent I'd be, um, tempted to smother my kids um, and, and kind of control their lives. But I find that, you know, to your point, being able to own your decisions, you know, make sure that you are accountable for the things you take up and really become your own person. And I think that's such an interesting and, and much needed thing in entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm pretty sure you would agree. I think these days when I see entrepreneurship, especially on social media, it tends to be something that's glamorized. Um, it tends to be something that's seen as a popular choice. But it's really, really hard. And I thought you'd talk a bit about your journey as an entrepreneur. You mentioned that you did consulting. So what was that like transitioning from a corporate job to being a full-time entrepreneur? An interesting one where, you know, it was, it was very much the same. Like I just switched up to doing longer hours, which I didn't think was possible at the time. Because I, I, so my father was after studying um, at the University of Cape Town, science, uh, worked briefly in an investment bank in London and then came back to join a management consulting firm as one of the best associates in Africa. And I think during that time we were working with large organizations, typically C suites, to help them solve problems that that that, that were front of mind for them. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that in entrepreneurship, I think it's just a greater level of ownership that one applies to it. And I think what out what helped me or didn't help me was between starting our business and I guess my formal career was I did study in the UK for two years and so did a double masters at Oxford and that's when I met actually one of our co-founders in the business. And I think the transition was an interesting one where when, when I went from being, let's say, working full-time to being a student, I asked myself a simple question, you know. When I was working, I was working till let's say 11, 12 at night, whatever it was. And the question is now at school, just because I finished early, um, what does it actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to actually like be productive and as opposed to like saying I'm gonna go like now go punting on the river Thames actually trying to be more intentional about how I spend my time right. and so for me the switch between formal employment entrepreneurship was a function of being intentional about how I spend my time and I think that's where the rewards of a being entrepreneur can be very significant because you feel as though you're building something for yourself 
Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you you mentioned Oxford, and I guess um, I, I I think I should talk about Oxford. At least ask you about it. Um, what was Oxford like, Melvin? Um, you know, a lot of people that that go to these prominent universities say that the adjustment is a bit of a shocker. Was was that your experience as well? I'm not surprised if it wasn't, but I thought I'd just ask. You know, the biggest shocker is probably the weather, if I'm honest. I mean, like, the weather in the UK is something to react to. But, you know, everyone, like, all the photos you see of Oxford are, like, all the places, like, all nice and summery. But, like, as an African child, I'm used to being kissed by the sun more often than not. And I think mm-hmm. in the UK, when it gets cold, it gets really, really dark. And so one of the key advice I got from, so I went there on a scholarship, the Rhodes Scholarship, and the warden of Rhodes House was saying, like, look, the big thing to do is, like, you know, keep a routine. Because there's sometimes when, you know, the sun is setting at, like, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and it's very dark for a long period of time, to like get in your own head and like get depressed and so forth. I think this that routine was important. But I think more broadly from a cultural perspective, I think I think, you know, South Africa we have a very multicultural, you know, country. And so for me I think growing up in such a diverse place helped me adjust to the times of Oxford. I mean I think to my first my first master, my first year there, where in my class there were about sixty four of us and about thirty six nationalities. And yes, some are very different views during diversity, but I think it's coming from a diverse country already put me in a good stead to be able to interact with people whose views and backgrounds are different to my own and constructively so. I think that was definitely a plus there, but I think I, I'm a sucker for tradition. And so definitely, I mean, the, the, the anomalies of like all the weird, like each cases of like Oxford and all the tweed jackets and bow ties and this and that and all the funny things. Like, for example, at Oxford, when you write an exam, you actually like have a particular outfit called Sugfus, which is like literally you wear like a white bow tie, a gown, a white shirt, black with and, and like it's such a tradition which when I used to write exams in I don't know, undergrad, I used to go in my pajamas when I didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> and so I think it's definitely it definitely was a change. But I think what's quite nice as well, there are a number of like, you know, people like if you South Africans there, you have people from the rest of the continent as well. And so being able to find those communities, but also what's important, you know, to stay in those communities, but also to almost branch out and some of my best friends were like, you know, guys in the US military or my gym buddy back then was a deputy minister in Afghanistan. I think it's just that diversity of culture which I quite enjoyed. You know, it sounds very, it sounds very fancy. Um, I think that, I'll try find another word, but I think it's kind of, fancy sums it up for me. Um, and I think with all the things that you've done, your education, your successful business, all the people that you've met, you still sound very grounded and very humble. Um, again, it's, it's, it might just be the way that you sound, um, but from what I've seen, you seem very humble. Um, and I think it's awkward for a humble person to agree that they're humble, but you sound grounded and you sound humble. And I'm just wondering with all the experiences that you've had, how have you kept your set of values? Um, how have you made sure that you still, you're still approachable? How have you made sure that you've kind of kept your humility? And that's, and that, you know, and thank you much for the compliment. I think it's something which I, which I, which I sometimes think about. And there's a quote which I like by Charles Do, you know, it says, you know, no man is an island. And I think the reality is that I am where, where I've got to in life because of people who believe in me, people who invested in me, taught me things. You know, families have prayed for me, um, and so I'm a very prayerful family, but you know, the blessings that have to me, all beyond anything, I only my mother and my family have prayed for, and I think it's something to realize the providence of other people. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the question is always like, how can I continue to create opportunities since once I've had, if not more, for other people? Yeah. And so for example, for me, like for a long time, I, you know, I never used to share a lot about what the work I was doing for us, meeting, that kind of stuff, but I realized that people would get the benefit of my experience without necessarily having to 
go through the processes of whatever I've been through. Um, and so I think for me, it's the perspective of realizing that one, like, you know, you are you're special, but you're not special. And I think you are because of others. And I think there's a, almost an onus on one to also then like, you know, give back, pay it forward. And I think also keep perspective. And I think, you know, often find, especially in the business space, and I'll get into more, I guess, on the more corporate side where, you know, often, and I see that fortunately more so on the continent, even in South Africa, where, especially in the black community, you know, we're trying to one-up each other and put down mm. that because of this, or because we got, we got that deal because of this, as opposed to trying to lift each other up. And I find that we spend so much time focusing on ourselves, you know, fighting over who has the biggest sandcastle, whilst globally our peers are building, like, skyscrapers around us. And so for me, it's almost that the perspective of, like, look, you know, whilst you've got some good runs on the board, the game's not done yet. And it's about saying, how do you continue to begin to execute to have the impact? That, that really is incredible. I think the value in what you're saying as well is being able to be humble enough to share the lessons. And if you're too busy competing with the person next to you, you can't help the person next to you. Um, and so I'm really humbled by, by that lesson. I think in terms of all the lessons that you, you've learned in building your business and going to all the places that you've been, what would you say some of your challenges have been? You know, whether it's in building a successful business or you know studying and becoming a professional and consulting what would you say some of your challenges had been over the years yeah i think you know i've talked about many many lessons many times i think learned on the journey i think for me my purpose in life has always been i want to make new mistakes which means that i need to learn from other people's mistakes so that i can like you know avoid them i think very early on in my career in my career and i think even as an entrepreneur i think if i had Sort of advice more widely, read more widely at the time, because I want I, my community's willingness to um, seek out and, and learn from others. I think was something which definitely I think has been an important learning from my side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think also just in the same vein, I think it's also important to stop and celebrate the wins. You know, I was at a talk earlier this morning, once at breakfast, and you know, I was thinking around like you know, perspective is what changes the ordinary into blessings. And sure. uh, for me, just you know, and the day-to-day grind. Yes, if I look at myself, you know, I'm still in the same company in five later, and yes, you've grown exponentially, but in the weeds every day, you don't take a chance to step back and be like, look, we've actually done something good and appreciate the, you know, what you've achieved. And I think often that perspective of gaining is super important, and I don't think I did enough of that early on in our journey, um, particularly just to realize that text black what also pretty great come from and get energized for the next part of the journey. And so I mean, that's definitely um, um, a, a learning in, 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 in the journey, both I think for me entrepreneurial perspective, but I think even in my time um, in corporate. I think also the biggest thing, and I think this is one way, you know, I think it replies more to careers more than anything else is, you know, so I study actual science. And so there's a very linear path that one can choose to become an actor in terms of working in an insurance company, doing your exams, and then you go, and the goal you come to actually somewhere. And yes, they actually done things outside that around the world, and you know, business people and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, for me, reflecting a lot on my journey, especially in my career, where I felt as though you know, can I really call, like, am I really worthy of the title? Or like, I have really worked in insurance a long period of time. Can I really add value in the space? And just questioning, like, you know, comparing myself to my peers who are doing a peer show, which is supposed to be doing like investment banking and then management consulting. And I think that perspective of, you know, running one's own race is yeah. so important. I think when it comes to careers, because everyone can look back in hindsight and you get to the same place, but how you get there is very different. Yeah. And I, that's why I, I, I really enjoy reading and particularly autobiographies, just because you get to appreciate, yes, you know, some may end up in the same place as somebody else, but the part they took there wasn't linear, um, nor was it, you know, standardized. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of value there, because 
you know, we, we don't start off at the same place and our journeys are completely different. Our challenges are completely different. But I think the hope is that you don't get so bogged down in comparison that um, you don't appreciate the fullness and the uniqueness of your journey. So I think it's it's really amazing seeing where you are and hearing that from you, that the, the value in running your own race is important, but that it also does produce a harvest, um, I think, as, as seen through you. So yeah, that's that's an amazing lesson. I think as we wrap up, um, I actually wanted to ask you about the team that you've built in your business. You know, again, jumping back to entrepreneurship, it's something that is often glamorized. And things like processes, a team, a skilled team, people that you trust, working in an innovative space but still being disciplined are things that are not spoken about enough. So as an entrepreneur, talking about more of that stability and that structure, how have you built that in your business in a way that allows for productivity and success, but that doesn't stifle creativity and innovation? And I think it's an important question. I think it comes down to the norms and the culture that you create and the values that you value within your organization. Um, but I think it also comes down to, I think, even how you interact as the manager. Mm -hmm. um, because the reality is, you know, people, people never leave a bad company. They leave a bad manager. Right. And I think what I always try to do is say, for the people that I manage reporting to me across the different geographies is saying, like, look, how, how can I enable them to be successful? Um, because the reality is, I tell myself, if if someone below me reports to me about being successful, it's probably on me because I haven't done my job to enable them to be successful because we didn't hire badly or whatever it may be. And so I think it's about the culture and ultimately trusting the people you bring in. And so I always challenge my like the senior managers in the businesses. Um, so what I often try to do in the businesses is challenge my managers um, to ask a simple question that you know you can't expect your business to grow exponentially if you are growing linearly, um, because then you'll be the return to the growth of the business. So the question is, how do you continually grow? And that's often through investing in people, investing in yourself, and also persistence. And so a simple test I like to do is, if you look at your diary um, today, and you look at your diary a year ago, if you're doing the same things, you probably haven't grown. And sure. I think it's about always trying to find higher order problems to solve, and if each person does an organization, and you give them the room and their trust to be able to do that, and also the support and the resourcing, what you then find is that they are able to be them themselves and add value in the most meaningful way to the organization. And therefore, you, if you have that together with a good culture, what you then see is that it actually is almost like a flywheel that reinforces each other. And each particular person that you add to the business almost adds richness and almost raises the bar in the business. Like I think many people are often scared to have people smarter than they are. But the right is, if you're confident in yourself, you know that you bring to the organization, you can do that without necessarily um, taking away from, from, from the growth and even for your own personal growth. Wow, you've given us so many pearls of wisdom. I just like, I, I want to ask you so many more questions, you know, it's just like question after question after question just keeps on like popping up in my mind. Um, because with each answer that you gave, it's so full and it's so nourishing and it just like makes me think of other things that I'd just love to ask you. But um, I'm hoping and I'm praying that this won't be the last time I interview you, um, Malvin, so don't change your email address. Um, but uh, it, it's been so great talking to you. And I guess one of my, my last two questions, um, one being, you know, you've accomplished so much um, and you're still a young guy. 
um, I won't I won't mention your age, um, but you're still a young guy, and I think you still got so much to do and so many places to still go. What are your aspirations? Um, you know, I think different levels, professional versus personal. I think for me professionally, um, what I what my ambition is is to create hundred thousand sustainable jobs. Um, and that becomes an investor and or build or partner with. And so for me, that's a it's it's an ambitious goal. Um, and so I need to make sure that I'm executing at that level. I mean, so far we've created just under you know 500, and so we've got a long way to go. Um, but I think definitely if um, if we can continue that momentum for me, that's what this should look like. And so it's just about having that compass because something which is true is that no one's ever created 100,000 jobs and been poor. And I think often people will solve for the monetary amount as opposed to the impact. Right. I think a certain level of impact um, is a different, it's a different level altogether. And I mean, I was. Yeah, we had a conversation this morning on breakfast with a very large family office who built a very large mining company in South Africa and across the continent. And they were just speaking about how they built a partnership with the Botswana government. I think just the importance of the impact they've had over the last 50 years working with the Botswana government in helping them realize the bit of the natural resources. I think you can have such an outsized impact if you're intentional about doing so. And so for me, that's a big one there. Um, I think ultimately, it's important for me to make sure that I am being the best person I can be each day. And I think for me, to the point I mentioned earlier, just that incremental growth and compounding that can be phenomenal. So that's something which I strive to both on a personal and professional level. And I'm so excited to to continue to see you grow and to continue to see you do amazing things. Um, it is a Tuesday, and as a Tuesday, we say it's Tuesday, choose yourself. So as we wrap up, what would be your one tip, whether it is a wellness tip, a self-care tip, an educational tip, what would be your last point of advice for young people listening to you today? Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. I think, particularly during this time of COVID and I think the pandemic, is just, you know, people often, I think it's like being mindful and checking with yourself and like, look, it's okay to not be okay, but make sure you're the best person you can be so you can be better for other people. Thank you so much, Melvin. It's been a pleasure interviewing you and catching up with you. Um, guys, you, you've heard it from the gentleman himself. Uh, so many pearls of wisdom. I hope you guys took notes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been amazing having him on the show. I hope you guys uh, were blessed as, uh, with it as, as much as I was and uh, that you'll learn those lessons and take those notes and read those books and continue to strive higher. Happy Tuesday, choose yourself, you guys. God bless. Yeah. <laughs>